3: This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on vSEN, the sports betting network.
4: Tuesday folks and welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I am Danny Burke your host here on VSD the Sports Betting Network and as always live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook in Des Illinois for the next hour. Got plenty to discuss. How about some NFL draft conversation? Now we're still waiting on plenty of the odds and betting selections to decipher through to be available to us. But still, we'll get an early sneak preview. How about Thor Nystrom over at NBC Sports Edge? Really devotes a lot of time looking into college football player analysis and correlating that with the NFL draft. And he's already got some early betting thoughts that he will share with us in 30 minutes. So really looking forward to that with Thor. Before that, 15 minutes from now, a familiar face here on Rush Hour is Scott Spritzer. Vegas sports analyst, pro sports better, does great work with college sports himself, especially with college hoops. So we got a pretty few good spots tonight that I'm curious his thoughts on. So we'll talk with Scott in 15 minutes. And then at the end of the show, 45 minutes from now, we've got one play in hockey. I'm actually going to talk about a couple games, one that I think could pique your interest, but one that I do have an official play on. So we'll look forward to that at about 45 minutes. I did want to begin tonight's show talking about the NBA, though. I know we're in the hiatus right now of the All-Star break, but I still think there's a lot of fascinating conversations to have in terms of the futures betting selections with the odds to make the playoffs. So now that we're getting into the second part of this season, this is where a lot of these future selections, at least with adjusted win totals and odds to make the playoffs, really get interesting and For some teams, you could see some value, but more so just where you can have a stronger conviction on some of these bets. So not every book, but some of these books have these odds for these specific teams to make the playoffs. And tomorrow, we'll probably talk about some of these adjusted win totals. And I know you're going to get mad if I talk about the Bulls, but I'm telling you, I think there could be a good angle. But again, that's going to be probably tomorrow. I did want to begin looking Out on the West Coast with the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, this team we know has been very frustrating, kind of a dumpster fire, and you don't know how you could trust them one way or the other. But maybe there is a way you could bet this team and trust them enough. But let's look at their odds to make the playoffs at this point in the season. At Bet Rivers for LeBron James and company, you can bet this Lakers squad to make the playoffs with the yes being even money. But if you think the opposite, you think they miss out on the postseason, the no is minus 129. If we look at the record right now, we know they're 27 and 31. They got about 24 games remaining in this season. Can they get the job done and make the postseason? First things first, let's remember that you have the play-in game scenario. So you have the seven, eighth, ninth, and tenth seed competing for those final two playoff spots. So basically what happens is the nine and the 10th seed play, the 7th and the 8th seed play, and the winner of the ninth and the 10th seed will play the loser of the 7th and the 8th seed. But right now, if you look at this Lakers team, they are stuck in that ninth seeded spot, and if the season ended today, they would be matched up with the Portland Trailblazers. Ahead of the Lakers at the 8th seed, you have the Clippers. And ahead of them, you have the Minnesota Timberwolves at about 17.5 games back from first. And just for more reference, then come the Clippers at 19.5 games back. Then the Lakers at 21 games back. And then Portland at 23.5. San Antonio, New Orleans, both 25.5, trying to get in that 10th seed. So realistically, I mean, Denver's in the sixth seed. Yes, they could fall out and go into that playing spot. But again, the four teams as of now that you would focus in on would be Minnesota at seven, the Clippers at eight, the Lakers at nine, and the Trailblazers at 10. Is it worth taking the yes for the Lakers at even money? Well, a couple things first. One is what are the injury statuses of some of these guys going to be? Toward the end of the season. We know Anthony Davis has that midfoot sprain. He won't be reevaluated until four weeks. Yes, that's a huge loss. But how does that change the dynamic of this team overall when they've been struggling with those three guys being Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and LeBron? Will this help? Will this hurt? It's hard to envision it would help. But again, it's still LeBron James and the West isn't that deep. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, a guy they've been waiting for forever. He won't be available until sometime in March. Carmelo's been a little bit banged up. But again, nothing too severe with him. It's a hamstring, and it's more so day-to-day, it seems, with Carmelo Anthony. So some questions, again, that you have to ask before betting this is, do you think Anthony Davis can get back in time for this playing game, assuming the Lakers are in anywhere from the 7th to 10th seed? If you think yes, then okay. Maybe that favors the yes being your betting selection. But more importantly, can the Lakers hold it down in the meantime? Can they do enough without Anthony Davis to get by and still maybe solidify a spot through the 7th and 10th seeds? Well, again, then you have to also consider the strength of surrounding teams in this Western Conference. The Portland Trail Blazers at the 10th seed. They're two and a half games behind the Lakers. Portland dished out everything right? I mean, they've pretty much completely given up on this season. It doesn't mean they're not going out there and trying, but they don't have nearly as much talent as they did before the trade deadline. They know they have to rebuild. The Lakers, well, this is a team that still has stars, even though their best days are behind them, but they still have that star mentality being in Los Angeles, having some future Hall of Famers and knowing that at least they believe they can compete with anybody despite the regular season not going too well. The Clippers on the other side, the Clippers have been an interesting team. This team I really have kind of stayed away from in a lot of capacity this season. But the Clippers, as we know, Kawhi Leonard will not be returning this season. And Paul George, well, Paul George is going to be reevaluated in about two weeks or so, or something like that. But PG won't be in the mix for quite some time. Looking at this Minnesota Timberwolves team, you know what? They got a solid young squad. They're the best out of this bunch, honestly, and and I don't think it's even as close as their record reflects right now. But what makes this even more interesting to consider the yes at even money is that some of these other books actually have the yes as a favorite, but Bet Rivers has a really solid price on the yes at even money. But you also got to consider the schedule, right? Do you jump in now and maybe look at the yes for the Lakers if you want to bet yes, or do you wait a little bit and then look to attack it? Because coming out of the gate, well, they get the Clippers on Friday, Then you get the Pelicans, then the Mavericks, then the Clippers again, and then Golden State, and then the list, of course, goes on and on and on. It's not the easiest stretch of a schedule, to be quite honest with you, but when would be the time to jump in on it if you feel so inclined? And I guess the reason I'm leaning toward being inclined to betting the yes, again, as frustrating as this Lakers team has been, what you have to consider is that if they're able to overcome the Clippers, they're going to get two chances to be a a top eight team in the Western Conference. And again, I'm not that high on the Clippers, whereas with the Lakers, at least you have LeBron James to benefit your team. And it hasn't been that great thus far. I, I get it. Don't worry. But I guess if you want to add to that even a little bit more so if they're in the ninth or the 10th seed, if there's a player out there that you still trust a lot in a high degree, it's going to be LeBron James in a single elimination type of game. Do you imagine the postseason being... Without LeBron James, I mean, it just seems so weird, especially with the talent that they brought around. I mean, everybody's talking about, oh, my goodness, this team with all these old guys, it's going to be, you know, a fun run to watch and making this. But no, I mean, obviously it hasn't worked out. It is what it is. But that's not what we're discussing, how far they can go in the postseason. We're just discussing if they can at least make it. To the postseason and for the fact that the yes is even money as much crap and grief as we've been giving this Lakers team I honestly think it's worth a shot to consider them to make the postseason because of that play in game scenario the single or double elimination depending on where they're pictured in here style of play can be good for a guy like LeBron. And if Anthony Davis is back in the mix and healthy, if Russell Westbrook can get his act together, if the role players can actually be sufficient enough, I think this price is fairly solid or at least worth considering. Now they have 24 games remaining as of this point, and 16 of them are against play-in or better teams as of this moment. So again, it's not the easiest schedule, so there may be a time where you get a better price for the yes on Los Angeles. I guess, again, you also have to wonder... How are they going to be right out of the all-star break? Is it going to be a rejuvenated, refreshed type of Lakers team? A different mentality going into the second half? Is this the break and hiatus that Russell Westbrook needed to get back to playing like the guy he has been in the past? Or is this team just going to keep collapsing with the absence of Anthony Davis? Well, I kind of lean toward liking the yes clearly as I've stated because of just the fact that it's LeBron James. And we've seen him in this spot pretty much his whole career. Okay, And if you're giving even money to make the playoffs with a LeBron James-led team in a weak Western Conference to where I think they could be better than the Clippers, I think that they're definitely better than the Trailblazers. When it comes to that play-in-game scenario, that price gets more and more intriguing. So it's not that I played anything official on that per se, but I think it's something we should keep on our radar and look forward to If the Lakers maybe start tumbling a little bit or maybe if they're doing okay but the price doesn't fluctuate too much, something to look forward to. And you could even look at the Clippers, which will probably expound on this a little bit later uh, tomorrow more so. But the Clippers, if you don't trust them that much, their odds to make the playoffs, yes, minus one seventy five. But maybe the value is with the no for the Clippers at plus one thirty two. But let's keep monitoring this Lakers number because I think the yes could be pretty juicy and could be a viable option, depending if they can get in that good play-in scenario spot. But guys, speaking of the NBA, if you want more NBA insight, be sure to check out the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. Beeson Senior NBA Analyst Jonathan Bontobel looks at all the angles for the games to determine who is playing, what kind of situation a team is in, and every other aspect of the matchup. There are a ton of great opportunities in betting the NBA on a nightly basis during the regular season. It's a massively fun league with the greatest athletes on the planet, and we can make some money on it. And that's by checking out the Hardwood Handicappers podcast, which is free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, catch up on every other VEASAN show as well. But again, that's com slash podcasts. Coming up next here on Rush Hour, we're talking more hoops, but collegiately, Scott Spritzer, Vegas sports analyst, pro sports better, joining the show, talking these top college basketball games. And don't worry, because after that, we'll get a little bit of NFL draft discussion in there with Thorne Nyström, and then my top play for the night coming in the National Hockey League. Stick around. All that and more coming your way on this Tuesday evening. It is Rush Hour.
2: And then they're never at any of and those. Never, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to like you know Lil Durk, and you're like, "See, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you t- why are you He's telling the one me about- the whole time?" <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. This is Rush Hour on VCN, the
4: Sports
5: Betting
4: Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you have these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit. Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available and you get hooked up several episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. Okay, welcome back to the show. It is Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5 You can catch me on Twitter. It's time to talk some college hoops, and we are getting closer to March Madness, one of the most exciting sports betting times of the year. But to help us focus on the games for tonight, a man who's been having an excellent season betting college hoops, it's Scott Spritzer At Scott Wins is where you can follow him on Twitter. Scott, it's been a little bit since we've talked. We were talking NFL and College football last, but very excited to talk college hoops with you. And I want to begin with the game in our neck of the woods, Big Ten country, and that's going to be Iowa and Michigan State tonight. Now, this game seems a little bit tricky in the sense that the Spartans haven't been looking that solid as of late, but from where this game opened and where it's trending, it looked like immediately there's maybe some love on Sparty now to spread down to six. Total a higher one at 154. What do you envision as the outcome for this matchup?
5: Yeah, Danny, I even see a couple of five-and-a-halves that have popped up out there in the last half hour so. Uh, we are seeing action on Michigan State more than we are on Iowa. And, you, know, this, you could add as much as seven at a few shops overnight. I, I work at the wee hours of the night, so when I'm doing my stuff at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning Pacific time, you, know, you, you see numbers that you don't normally see during the daytime when people start betting into them. But as much as seven last night... I'm good with six, six and a half with Michigan State. It's mostly six now. I, I believe we're getting value on Sparty thanks to the way these two teams have played of late. As you mentioned, you know, Sp- the Spartans are, you know, they've lost four or five. I was on a four and one run. They had a sexy win over the Buckeyes most recently. So I think we're getting a buy low, sell high situation with, of course, Spartans being the buy low part. Of the equation and you know is those troops haven't lost any bad teams. I mean Penn State was a little iffy because they blew a 14 point lead with about 12 minutes to go. But they're twenty-eighth in offensive adjusted efficiency, Danny. They they still crash the offensive glass. And one thing about Iowa is they're pretty bad at keeping teams off the offensive glass. They're solid on the offensive in themselves. Uh, But I think if Michigan State stays away from the turnover issues they have sometimes, they could win this game outright. I I did take the points. I didn't do any money line. uh, But I think it is a real tight game with Michigan State getting the money.
1: All
4: right, so Scott looking toward the side of Michigan State, catching the points. What do you think about this next matchup? Then a little bit of SEC action in a narrow spread here. Arkansas, a one-point road favorite at Bet River's Moneyline minus 115. The Gators minus 104, total at 135 and a half. What value did you seek out for this game?
5: Well, yeah, I watched the you know the Gators the other day turning that nine-point second-half deficit into a one-point win over Auburn, but they almost blew an eight-point lead uh, down the stretch themselves, and it took a 10 of 25, 40% shooting night from behind the three-point line to gain that win for the Gators, and we're talking about a Florida team, Danny, that does not shoot well from the deep perimeter. They make about... 30.5% of their threes on the season, that's 317th of the nation. So Saturday's accuracy uptick to me was an anomaly with Florida. And when I see things like that happen, and it helps that team upset a top shelf opponent as an underdog, like they did with Auburn, obviously Auburn, a solid top 10 team, I've got them power rated in my top six, I normally expect regression to the norm after that, though, and that's what I'm betting, you know, tonight. I think Arkansas being a top-notch team on the defensive end of the floor is the team that's going to be able to win this game by about five or six points. I went ahead and laid the point with the Hogs.
4: All right, let's move on to a little bit later tip-off time, 7 p.m. Central, and that's going to be Texas Tech and Oklahoma, the Sooners. Catching nine, and the hook is the road dog, 129 is where we're seeing this total. Is 9.5 a, a little bit too much with the Red Raiders, or do you still think you have enough confidence in that home favor?
5: Yeah, it's come down a little bit, down to nine and a half. I mean, I I hate laying double digits at home in conference action this year. I mean, these double digit road dogs in conference play have done quite well. It's down to nine and a half as we speak. You know, they've taken three straight games, Tech, since that loss to OU back on I think it was February ninth. But the thing with Oklahoma, you know, it's easy to to, to dislike him here. I guess. I mean, just from a, a fan standpoint, they've lost three in a row. They've lost ten of twelve. But what bothers me about Oklahoma and the fact that I'm not so sure they're going to be able to hang this number is that loss of Elijah Harkless, who's out for the rest of the season. I think that really hurts the Sooners in a big way. He was having a real solid year, and he just had a three-game stretch against Tech, Kansas, and Texas, where he averaged about 15 points per game. And now he's out for the year. And the first game without Harkness... You know, they did not look good. They lost by 21 to Iowa State. And the thing about when I look at these teams, when they lose a top-notch player, usually that first game, they're able to circle the wagons or rally the troops, and everybody picks up the slack. But we didn't see that out of the Sooners in that game, that first game without Harkless. So that bothers me a little bit about OU. Uh, They're also kind of a turnover waiting to happen. They struggle badly defending the two-pointer. And, Danny, it just so happens that Tech hits about 55% of their two-pointers. That's 26th in the nation. They're second in the nation in defensive adjusted efficiency. And that spells bad news, I think, for a shorthanded Sooner squad when they've got the basketball. And then, of course, Tech, you know, they're 17-4 and four against the number at home in the last 21. It's been a home game series, too, by the way, between these two teams over the last 15 or 16 games. So I think you're going to see some... Uh, Nice revenge. You're out of tech. I don't always like laying this many points when it comes to a team that could be in that first team to 65 mode. You know, a lot of times you'll lay, you know, eight, nine points with those teams and they're happy with a 65, 57, 65, 58 type of win. But I do like them just because I don't think the Sooners missing that extra part on the offensive end are going to be able to keep up.
4: All right, Scott, let's move to your neck of the woods around Sin City. you got Nevada and UNLV, the running Rebels, catching two in the hook. Also about plus 123 on the money line. Nevada minus buck 50. Total at 144. Juice slightly on the under. What did you like for this game?
5: You know, the cool thing about v you guys, you guys got a lot of sharper listeners, you know, than you listen to on most sports or betting talk shows. And this is kind of one of those like informational pieces at this point of the day and where the line sits. Danny, when I talk to people about games who are kind of new maybe to listening to v or to getting involved with betting on games, it's a spot where you've lost that value. I mean, if you got Nevada last night two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning, you're talking about some serious value. You're way ahead of the closing line as far as closing line value is concerned in this game with the Wolfpack. They're all the way up to three. They were pick 12 hours ago, 11 hours ago. And at that point, you know, I was looking at the Wolfpack, but you kind of got to cut it off at some point, and I think this is a bad spot uh, to want to jump in and lay three or four points. Most books have three, some have two and a half. But the bottom line is, Nevada might come in and win this game. They're in a good motivational situation. They're catching UNLV off a couple of big wins, which includes the season sweep of Colorado State. And I'll be candid with you, I had the Rams in that rematch over the weekend against the Rebels, and it was never close. I I never felt like Colorado State was going to have a chance to come back in that game and obviously Bryce Hamilton is going to be, you know, playing for pay next year. But the bottom line is it was a tough spot. They come off wins over Fresno, the sweep over Colorado State. They got to play this game at Nevada. Reno just lost to UNLV in early February by 11, and you would think that they come out and they play well. They're probably not going to be in anybody's postseason tournament. And and so this is a huge game for them left on their schedule of about three or four games. So Danny, what happens to me is like, all right, I like Nevada. I pick him. Thought I might go to one, one and a half. Instead, it's three. And all of a sudden you're going, oh boy, I better hold off of this one. Warren Washington, if he can come back back and play tonight for Nevada, I think laying two and a half is okay. Keep an eye on that. Uh, Warren Washington hasn't played for a few weeks, but he's a 10 and six guy. He means a lot to this Wolfpack basketball team. And if it's announced before game time that he's going to play, I think the Pack are going to be the play tonight.
4: Awesome notes, Scott. Before we let you go, I gotta ask one more thing. We got about a minute or so left. I know when you're handicapping college basketball, you look for a narrative sometimes. You look for good situational spots, and you look for revenge angles, whatever it may be, look-ahead games, all that type of things. But... I feel like it's more fascinating because of the whole Juan Howard incident. How does this Michigan team respond in their next game? Tomorrow they get Rutgers. I know it's kind of early to handicap it, but like you're saying, you're working the wee hours of the night. Where do you or what kind of response do you think we see out of this Wolverine team with an early early speculation on it?
5: Yeah, you know, it's it's about five and a half right now. Michigan favorite in the couple of books that have opened it. And when you look at this game, the players were certainly supporting uh, Jawan Howard. So I think they'll be okay from that perspective. Now, as far as what Michigan does poorly, they, they don't defend the two-pointer well at all, Danny. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they're around 220th or so in the country defending two, the two-pointer. They give up about 51% of those shots. So now they're going to go up against a Rutgers team that was playing extremely well, managed to cover against Purdue by half a point last time out in a game that was inside the number, outside the number, all that. But I think it's going to be a, sh- a, sp- a spot where the Michigan players rally around Jawan Howard and get him the win by seven or eight points. I would lean Michigan before I would jump on Rutgers here.
4: Awesome, Scott. Well, hey, we appreciate the insight, all the tips, and we'll look forward to look, uh, to riding with Michigan tomorrow if we can get some good value. But best of luck, as always, Scott. And again, thank you for making some time. I always appreciate it, Danny. Take care. You got Scott Spreitzer, ladies and gentlemen, at Scott Wins, where you can follow him on Twitter. Great content, really all around with plenty of sports, but tonight focusing on some college hoops. But what we will focus on next, how about betting the NFL draft? Never too early for that, and we'll discuss it next.
3: This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports
4: Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch the replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast and get coast to coast hoops. Greg Hoops-Peterson will look at every major and some of the minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities. There's also Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or the Market Insights podcast with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got the Hardwood Handicappers with JBT, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, and many more. And guess what? They're all free and available now at vsun.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts available. Okay, welcome back to V-CINDY Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Bet Sports Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois. It's time to talk some NFL draft, and I know we don't have as many betting selections as we normally do the closer we get to draft day, but it doesn't mean we can't get our research started early enough. People are already doing it during the NFL postseason and probably prior to that, and one of those guys being Thor Nystrom, who does fantastic work doing so at Thor KU on Twitter, senior content creator over at NBC Sports Edge. Thor, thank you for carving out some time with us this evening. We might as well get right into it with the number one overall pick. The odds, we have seen a shift, right? It was Aiden Hutchinson uh, looking as a short shot, but now at most books you're getting Evan Neal at about plus 150, plus 130 or so. Hutchinson now about plus 180. Who do you think goes number one in the upcoming draft?
3: The guy I gave him my first mock draft was Evan Neal, and
4: I, I think a part of that might
3: have been just the guy that they hired, Doug Peterson, and what he said in his opening comments, in his introductory press conference, and stuff like that. He specifically ne- uh, zeroed in on on the trenches and specifically the offensive line trenches um, as an area that he wanted to focus on his first off season. Well, the, the Jaguars, you, you look at their roster construction right now. Their left tackle is a free agent. Their left guard is a free agent. Their right tackle has been a bust, Juwan Taylor. And so when you know when you're thinking about that as, as this area that he wants to focus on, and you know that it's a train wreck, then you have to put Evan Neal as you know I think as as the front runner for that spot. I I know Dane Brugler put Equanu from NC State. He put him in his first mock draft at, at number one. Equanu though is more position malleable between the outside and the inside. I, I think a team like the the Jaguars might lean more for your your prototypical, and and some might uh, even call him a prodigy left tackle prospect in Evan Neal and that's certainly where I think they're leaning right now.
4: Yeah, and again, you're still getting solid value as high as plus150 and you talk about Ekanwu, uh is that the guy you think would definitely be the other selection if it wasn't going to be Neal? I mean, you know, maybe don't say definitely, but if it's going to be narrowed down and it's not Neal, would that probably be the other top choice? If if I was going to bet on another guy right now, I I think that is who I
3: would bet on. You know, like you know, I'm in some of these uh, 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 Twitter DM threads with with some sharp dudes, and and some of them have tossed out Charles Cross as a as a possibility for a long shot guy. You know, j- just thinking about the same thing as far as an offensive tackle, but I'm a little bit lower on on Charles Cross, um, and I think the league's going to be a bit more uh, pessimistic about his profile just because of the um, the relative failure so far of Andre Dillard was a similar prospect uh, coming up, you know, that was groomed by Mike Leach, played in the exact same system. And you look at the the profile of Cross and the profile of Dillard, yeah, a lot of the same positives uh, for both players, both prospects, coming into the league. Um, so I think Charles Cross is going to face a, a higher burden of proof uh, di- during his, his process because of Dillard's early struggles. Um, whereas Evan Neal, you know, again, the the profile is sort of unimpeachable, I, I think, from a lot of different perspectives. And then Ekwanu, if there's going to be a fallback guy at offensive line, I I do think that he would be the guy.
4: All right, Thor, let's move on to the quarterback position here. Now, not necessarily the most exciting quarterback draft like last season to look forward to. But, of course, the popular conversation is who is going to be that first quarterback taken. The short shot seems to be Kenny Pickett consensus-wise at about plus 110 or so. Malik Willis comes next at plus 150. Sam Howell, 6-1. to Mac Corral at 10-1. And then it goes on and on. Do you think that it's clearly going to be Pickett? I mean, he seems to be the consensus. Again, we talk about that word agreement because that's what it comes down to when you're betting the NFL draft a lot is what does the majority thinking group seem to uh, go with? And Pickett seems the most NFL ready, but would you take the price at plus 110 on him? Absolutely
3: not. Um, if, and if, if people listening to this take anything away from this segment, let it be this. Those odds and those numbers are wrong, and they will be amended after the combine. In my opinion, Malik Willis right now should be no worse than even money. So, so just in a vacuum at this second, you're you're getting 50 cents of value on Malik Willis, and I'm I feel pretty confident in saying that Malik Willis will have a negative behind his name uh, as the cube in the QB1 or Q, you know a negative behind his number coming out of Indianapolis because he he was the clear winner uh, in Mobile. An event that was not suited for his skill set, you know, an event where you had to play within structure. And his entire game, or a lot of his game at Liberty, was based out of structure and with use of his legs. Um, and yet he dominated Mobile. The, the NFL Combine is is the event that was made for Malik Willis. He he is going to maybe have the best uh, NFL Combine performance that we've ever seen for a quarterback because the only comparable athletic guys to him, and there you can only toss out two or three within the last 25 years. Um, they haven't tested athletically. So I, you know, if Malik Willis has the showmanship to do all the, the athletic tests, he he's going to blow the roof off of the place. And I think coming out of there, he will be the clear QB one. Um, Pickett, Pickett's the one that I absolutely would not bet on now. I, I think at those wow. odds, that's sort of a dead bet. You 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 can't touch that. The the other guy that I would think about betting there, um, just because of the price, it's Matt Perra at 10 to the only reason that Matt Corral is 10 to one is because his process hasn't started yet. I guarantee you, if he'd been at the senior ball, he'd be something like three to one right now or four to one. So if, if you're looking at the, the, the values on the board right now, it, it is Willis and it's Corral.
4: Yeah. And, and you make fantastic points all around. I mean, talking about what I'm saying, like agreement and hearsay in the conversation, and that's kind of reflected on why Pickett's a short shot. But as you allude to, These numbers will alter a lot the closer we get to the draft and especially after the combine, and I love what you're saying. I mean, the value with Willis at plus 150, you're thinking maybe he could be the outright favorite and have that negative next to his name. So if you want to go with Willis, you want some value for the quarterback, Thor is saying consider Malik Willis now. I love it, Thor. Thanks for the insight with the quarterbacks. And I got to ask you before we get out of here, my man, I mean, is there any other position group, any other team that you think the narrative right now is they're going to do one thing, but you're thinking differently and they may go a different route?
3: Man, it's it, it's tough right now, you know, just like um, because, you know, it, it's sort of like the butterfly effect that stupid Ashton Kutcher movie. But like it's like one thing, you know, in the, on the top of the board changes everything below it. And because we don't have that data from the NFL combine yet, it, it's hard to even get get a sense of what, what's going to be at the top of this board, particularly in this season. Right. Like I mean, you alluded to the differences between this class and, and the last class, for instance. Um, and, and you could even go back several years. Uh, this class is extremely different from, from these past, like, four or five classes in that we are going to go into late April and maybe not know who the first pick is, the second pick, certainly, the third and the fourth and the fifth, right? And and so right now it, it's sort of difficult to even, you know, put your finger on exactly, you know, starting with the Jaguars and then going from there. Like, what position group are they they're zeroing in on? And then, you know, sort of going down from there. One thing I can tell you, um, I would be, you know, I'm bullish on Malik Willis's QB1. I'm more bullish than the market as well on his slot price. You know, like, I don't know what the odds are for that uh, right this second. I don't even know if those odds are out right now. But the highest Malik Willis could go, I I think, is two without a trade. I I think he's in play to go to Detroit again, you know, if he blows up uh, the, the combine. I know Detroit likes him. Um, and so he'd be one guy that, I, you know, that, that I would look at as, as far as a slot thing, um, you know, just for instance.
4: Yeah, and that's funny you say that. That was going to be my next question. I mean, if Wills is going to get scooped, what's the highest it can be? And I don't think it's outlandish or crazy to think it could be Detroit at number two. I mean, you know what you're going to get with Jared Goff, right? And in the popular opinion seems to be that Aiden Hutchinson is going to be the guy. And maybe so be it. But our, but again, I mean, if Wills is doing strong enough things during the combine, who's to say Detroit won't jump at the bit to get him on their roster? So again, like you said, I mean, we don't have – really any of these odds up so it'll be fascinating to see where they're posted up at and we can't wait to talk more about it with you thor but again thanks for the early insight because we could definitely get some value here and hopefully it could come through for us so again thank you for making some time and we'll definitely look forward to having you on before the draft
3: you got it brother come back anytime
4: absolutely Thor. from folks you could follow him on twitter at Thor KU, again, catch more of his content over at NBC Sports Edge, covers college football, the NFL draft, of course. And I really liked what he had to say about Malik Willis. And what I was saying, I mean, again, I haven't done a deep dive into it, but when you're hearing everybody talk about it pretty much, it's Kenny Pickett this, Kenny Pickett that. And you've seen a lot more Kenny Pickett highlights probably because he's, well, got a little bit more recognition. And he had a great move in the bowl game with the fake slide, right? So Kenny Pickett seems to have all that swagger, but as Thor alluded to, Maybe there's some value right now. Maybe these odds don't reflect where it's actually going to be when it comes to draft night. And again, rarely does that happen right from the beginning. And after the combine, maybe Willis won't be there at plus 150. A lot of things can change from now to then, as we have seen so very often. But great conversation with Thor. Look forward to having him back on soon enough. But coming up next, let's switch gears. Go to the rink. Talk some puck. I've got to play in hockey, which we'll end rush hour with.
0: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ
3: Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey, be That's my, my game!
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24/7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is
3: Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: No more football, no problem. Because Bet Rivers Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, pro basketball, and more. So don't miss out on Bet Rivers' many daily specials, or you can try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. Because no matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast, with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. So get started with life after football with the Beth Rivers app. Speaking of Bet Rivers, we are live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook with our show Rush Hour on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network. I am Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke Five. You can catch me on Twitter at Veasan Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. It is our final segment on this Tuesday evening, which means it's time to throw out my best bet of the night, aka Danny's Dimes. And folks, we are taking it to the rink, talking some puck here. We've had a pretty decent season thus far. We're looking to keep. Passing the stats in terms of the W column. So let's jump into it, talk some hockey, a game that is going to drop puck at center ice probably in about 15 minutes, give or take. So if you want to follow along, make sure you do accordingly sooner rather than later. Well, let's talk Toronto and Columbus here. The Maple Leafs on the road against the Blue Jackets and Toronto opened up some shops about minus 167, as low as that price. But now they're up to minus 250 against the Blue Jackets, who are catching plus 210. And how about this? My goodness, the total at 7. Slightly shaded to the over, minus 130. Toronto on the puck line, plus 102. Columbus, if you want to take the puck and the hook, minus 121. So Toronto's in a little bit of a skid here as of late. They've lost their last two games. More recently, they lost last night at Montreal, 5-2. So they are on the second leg. Of a back to back. And the Blue Jackets, believe it or not, I mean, this team has won their last seven out of nine games. This team was one of the probably bottom four teams that were the laughing stock of the NHL for quite some time, but here they are getting on a little bit of a streak. Toronto did beat Columbus earlier this season, five to four, back on December 7th. Look, Jack Campbell did rest for the Maple Leafs last night, so he is able to go to 10 the pipes this evening, and that's a great thing because Campbell's their numero uno guy between the pipes, and he's had a pretty good season thus far. 23-8-3, and 2.41 goals against average, a save percentage of 92%, and he's got four shutouts to go along with it. On the road, 9-4-2. Obviously not as great per se, 2.84 goals against average, 91.3 save percentage in one shutout, but he has been fairly sufficient with his home and road splits. And you look at what he's done uh, as a, or in that game against Columbus, 28 out of 32 shots saved. So uh, he did give up four goals, but at the end of the day, they did get the win. <laughs> it wasn't pretty, but he got the job done. Now, out of those 23 wins... Only five have come in overtime or a shootout. And I say that because, if you haven't guessed already, the way I am going with this game in terms of how I'm handicapping it is for the Maple Leafs to win in regulation. Minus 143 is the price I laid. I think it's up to about minus 150. I get it, maybe not the most attractive, but the money line is minus 250. And you could look at the puck line plus 102, but as I like to say a lot of times, I am willing to lay a little bit more to just have this team win in regulation as opposed to sweating out for them to have a two-goal or more lead at the end of this game. Now, plus 102, it's not necessarily value you are sprinting to get, but of course, if you got it earlier, you're sitting pretty fine compared to where it is now. And for the reasoning that Columbus has been a fairly hot team, winning seven out of their last nine and Toronto dropping their last two, doesn't give me incredible confidence to go run to the counter and lay the puck and a half with Toronto. So again, I did the win in regulation at minus one forty-three. Now, uh, Jean-Francois Berube, uh, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing his last name. Obviously, I'm not a Frenchman, but uh, he has only started one game this season, and he is going to be tending the pipes for Columbus. He did start Sunday versus Buffalo, saved thirty-three shots on about, or thirty-three saves, excuse me, on thirty-six shots. Columbus did win that game seven to three, but again, it's against the Sabers. Sabers ain't too great of a team. But they don't have their top two goalies in the mix, or both injured. So I do think Toronto bounces back tonight. And when we talked about situations like this with Nick Alberga, despite teams being on the second leg of a back to back, they get a spark when they get a different goalie in the mix, especially when it's their starting guy who wasn't in the net if they lost the night before. Because we saw the same situation. I think it was maybe Calgary or, or some team like that that we were betting last week with him, where it was very similar, right? They had lost the previous night going against an inferior team, but they're getting their ace back in the net. And this is what I think is going to come to fruition with Toronto. So, again, I'm not laying the minus 250. I'm not obsessed with the idea of laying the puck in the hook with Toronto here at just plus 102. So I did win in regulation at minus 143. Just get the uh, job done in regulation time, take care of business, and then let's move on. So that's what I'm betting for Toronto tonight, to win in regulation minus 143 on the road against Columbus. So that's the official play I got. Now, I was and I guess still technically am considering this later game tonight out on the West Coast. And this is the matchup between the Sharks and the Ducks. 9 p.m. Central time is when puck is going to drop. So I haven't officially played it, but I still did want to discuss it in case he had a little bit more confidence in it than I did. But I want to tell you why I think this could be a viable play here. Now, Anaheim has been getting some love on the money line. They opened as low as minus 133, and now you're seeing them as high as minus one60 sixty. At Pet Rivers are minus 159 to be exact. San Jose on the other side, plus 135. Total we're seeing at 6. Juice is on the under, minus 121. There are also another reason why I'm kind of staying away. I mean, these are two gross teams as of late, and it's always tough betting on bad teams in hockey. The Sharks are on a six-game losing streak. They're two, six, and four. Going back to January 13th. Now, the Ducks were on a four-game losing streak, but they did get a win on Saturday at Vancouver 7-4. to They really changed their philosophy in scheming offensively and went uber-aggressive out there and obviously it paid off. We'll see if they do the same tonight. But even though, which is funny about this matchup, I mean, they're Pacific Division rivals, but this is their first matchup of the season. So you don't really have the history of what team has had the advantage this year. But when you look back at what happened the final three games last season, the Ducks did beat them in those final three games with a combined score of 13-2. to And all three of those games were at San Jose. Of course, that doesn't correlate to this season, but still, maybe this is just a team they have a stronghold over. And while I do think furthermore that this could be an advantage to Anaheim, James Reimer gonna be starting for San Jose, it looks like. And Reimer, he had his moments, but as of late, he's really been atrocious. I mean, overall, 13, 11, and four, 2.91 goals against average, save percentage of 91%, and one shutout. And on the road, I mean, five, six, and two, 2.71 goals against average, 92% save. So You're like, all right, that's not terrible. But over his past eight games, folks, he's one, four, and three. And in January, if we look at his month split of January, he was two, four, and one. goals against average, save percentage of 88%. Now in February, it really hasn't gotten that much better. He's 0-2-2, 3.51 goals against average, and a save percentage of 89%. So I don't trust him really whatsoever. But again, it's two bad teams here. But Anaheim originally looked like they were going to be starting Gibson, late switch, and now it's going to be Stolarz tonight. And Net, who's 7-5-1, 2.73 goals against average, 92% with his saves, two shutouts. He's done fairly well at home, 4-3-1, 2.4 goals against average, and 93% with his saves. So I do think Anaheim is the right team here, and I would gravitate toward betting them. But to lay about minus 160 betting this team that, again, finally just got a win after having a four-game losing streak. And, you know, I mean, Stolar is maybe a little bit better than Gibson, but is he by that much? Maybe not enough to lay minus 160. So if you're looking for later action, if you're not in love with the first play and you're looking for a different angle, then maybe I can introduce it to Anaheim. I'm personally not fully there with them because I think the price is a little bit too steep, but I think it's worth considering or keeping an eye out for Anaheim in this game, even though they're minus 160. Again, I'm not advocating for it as a best bet, but something else to ponder for tonight. Or if you're watching this game, looking for something even later in game, it's tied up, maybe they're down, then you could get some value with Anaheim at the end of the day. But just another interesting game to keep on your radar for this evening. But the play we are going with officially, we are taking Toronto, the Maple Leafs, to win in regulation minus 143 on the road against the Columbus Blue Jackets. That game going to be starting very soon. So if you want to follow along, I'm recommending you get in sooner rather than later. And really quick, uh, at, at the beginning of the show, and this wasn't an official play per se, but we were talking about the Lakers' odds to make the playoffs. Had a little rant about it to begin the show and say why i think it could be viable so we'll keep an eye on this because the yes is even money right now at bet rivers so that's something i want you to keep a close lookout for honestly with not only the lakers but the clippers too i mean we talked about them and they're no having some decent value but we'll probably bring up the Lakers again and even more so tomorrow. We're going to talk about some adjusted win totals. We got another day before the NBA is back, and I think we can utilize that wisely to look at some of these midpoint futures that we can make a nice buck on. So until then, thank you for joining us for another edition of Rush Hour. Best of luck with any of the plays that you got. Thank you to all our guests for hopping on. Enjoy that slate tonight and tomorrow talking a little bit more nba futures more hockey and maybe some college basketball until then take care folks
0: whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years have a plan and know the game be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose